Hello, and welcome to the Story Wagon Podcast, where we talk about life, story, and spiritual health. I am your host, Chaplain Jose Martinez, and you can learn more about this podcast at our website, storywagon.org. You can also show us your support on our Patreon page so that we can continue to host this podcast and create resources that help our communities develop good spiritual health. Welcome. to our seventh episode and today we are going to be talking about occupational wellness now some of you might be wondering what does occupational wellness have to do with my spiritual health and so today I brought in a guest that's going to help us kind of dive in deeper into that subject her name is Reverend Jill Solins Um, unlike my other guests she is not a chaplain or (laughs) a spiritual director or anything like that. She is a pastor, um, and her church has done a lot of work in this area of helping people through um, occupational wellness by helping them start up new businesses. And so, Jill, welcome. Hi. So, Jill, tell us a little bit about yourself and your history in ministry and things like that. The whole history? Well, not the whole. Well, just the, <laughs> just the important things or things that you want to highlight. Um, let's see. So I was called into ministry when I was like 17 years old. Mm. So I've basically been in ministry since then. So that's a little bit about me. So that was forever ago, like 25 years ago. 25 years ago. Right? Yeah. So, and I got ordained about 19 years ago. Never wanted to be a senior pastor. Mm-hmm. ever uh-huh. I wanted to just be a youth minister or chaplaincy I thought about for a <laughs> long time and I think God was like no ma'am you are not meant to be in any sort of chaplain situation so I ended up being a senior pastor from the time I was like 26 years old till now okay and I'm 43 you're 43 oh you let that out in the, I don't in mind the that's so awesome <laughs> I think folks need to know hey <laughs> I got a lot of life left yeah so you've been in the game for a while too so. I have yeah as a senior pastor so it's been a lot of different um, dynamics throughout my career so how would you define spiritual well, <laughs> There's so many meanings to spiritual. So I, de- I mean, it's changed so much through my whole life what spiritual actually means. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think as a whole, what I believe spiritual means for me is meaning. I just think it that what you do has a purpose and a deeper meaning and a deeper um idea that kind of pushes you forward. I mean, something is spiritual to me when you've gleaned some sort of hope and some sort of um, growth Mm -hmm. from it Yeah, that you weren't expecting. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so when when we're talking about that, the idea of spiritual, and like on today's topic about vocational or occupational wellness, um, you know, the we utilize the the substance abuse and mental health administration's um, wellness wheel where they talk about different dimensions and again the occupational wellness dimension what the way that SAMHSA defines it 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 involves participating in activities that provide meaning and purpose and reflect personal values interests and beliefs including employment so I mean there's a lot of connection there from like your definition and even in the definition that we provided was um, 
you know, there's this understanding of purpose and core values and uh, moral understanding. And so it seems like that it would really correlate together. And so the work that your church is doing with helping people start up new businesses, how, how does that look and what does that look like? Well, um, so a couple of years ago, we had um, quite a lot of folks leave the church for various reasons, but it wasn't a happy time in the congregation's life, I will say that, and it was a lot of uh, change and a lot of growth. And so we were just trying to figure out from that point, how do you think outside of the box as a congregation? Like, what can we do to... um, just totally blow the lid off of what church is supposed to look like and be and so in that brainstorming i was doing a whole lot of like networking with folks just to try to get them to know that there was a space in the area for them to use in whatever way that they needed to use it and i noticed because where our our church is situated is you know it's a good area of the world you know there's not homeless people on the streets of, you know, where our church is located. And so for us, it was like, how do we do a mission in this area? Where is the need that we're trying to fulfill? Like, who are the people that need to be reached here? And who are the hurting folks that are here? And what I kept noticing were people that were just looking for some sort of space to do the things that they were passionate about. And so I was just offering up our church. Our church for everything mm-hmm. was just like, oh, I'm sorry, you need to meet. We've got space, you know. So we were trying to just open ourselves up to any kind of group that wanted to use the building. And we were doing it for free because we felt like, how unfair is that for us to be like, hey, give us money. That's the only way you can use our building, right? So what happened was I ended up being connected to all kinds of women, mainly in the community that were um, trying to raise a family while doing their uh, passion um, in the job world. I'll mm-hmm. just say that because mm-hmm. I know that raising children and raising your family is a job as well as any sort of occupation we might have. But the thing that we were finding were these women didn't have the resources available to them to do both things. So they found themselves in a situation where they were occupationally unwell, if you want to use that, where they were feeling isolated and abandoned because they were home with their children all the time. Mm -hmm. And then they would feel guilty because they wanted to try to, you know, go towards another career path, but still focus. Like they made this choice to raise this family, but then there was a part of them that was feeling left empty because they may have had a full-time job and gone to school to do a whole career, but put that aside for the sake of raising their children. Mm -hmm. And so it left them feeling unwell in both areas of their life and feeling as if they were just totally spread too thin because here they are trying to focus on their children, but in the back of their mind, they're like, what about this passion that I have for whatever it might be, therapy, you know, massage therapy, whatever, you know. So it was kind of like we were finding that how do we connect with this group of women who are feeling this way in our community? 
so that they do know there's support for them because I feel and this is a little judgy of me but I feel like we as women do not offer each other the support that we should offer each other mm-hmm. you know there's so much judgment in being a mom and working and what's the right thing for you to do when all of it should be we should be able to have all of it is my opinion I know there's debates about that So in that, um, I met um, somebody that wanted to start a business incubator in the church, basically focusing on the mompreneur is the term that we were using. Mompreneur? (laughs) Mompreneur. Okay. So basically women that wanted to start their own business, but also focus on their family. Uh So the idea was that this business incubator would be a family business hub. And um, with that we had, and that was called Symbiobiz, and then with that we had um, FlexPlay, which was basically a co-working space with childcare. Mm-hmm. So you could come as a mom, put your child in FlexPlay, and then either work on your business or just co-work and get support from other moms. And there were dads there too, so I don't wanna leave out the dadpreneur either, but you know, for the most part, it was women, but you could support one another while you were working on your business. Mm-hmm. This is a really cool idea, right? Because right. women were feeling isolated and abandoned and alone, and also feeling guilty about that because they were wanting to raise their children, but, and you love your kids so much, mm-hmm. you know, and when you make the choice to raise them, you want to make sure that you're putting all of your effort and energy into it. But if your brain is somewhere else and you're not focusing on them or you're trying to work from home mm-hmm. while your child is crawling o- over your lap, you get a little bit, you know, edgy, mm. which that's not why you decided to stay home with your kids right. so that you could be edgy with them and rude with them. You know, you want to love them and then you snap at them. You feel guilty about how you did that. And then you feel guilty that you weren't working on your work either. Mm -hmm. And so we were addressing this, I think, really important need Mm -hmm. in the community and also addressing a sense of where we find community in as moms or as people in general. Yeah. And as a church, it was super fulfilling Mm -hmm. because it was like, finally, we found something where the community needs us. Yeah. And it also sounds like that you're also addressing other issues, too, where you know, you were talking about the feelings of guilt, um, isolation, things like that. It seems like that developing community is a spiritual healing on top of all this, you know, and maybe um, helping with a sense of grief. You know, um, last time we had an, uh, Ramona, who was our last guest, she was talking about grief. And one of the ideas of grief was this concept of disenfranchised grief, where there's been a change in your life like career you know, um, having a child is really life-changing, right? And mm-hmm. so when a mother chooses to stay home or <laughs> switch a career path, uh, that causes a shift, a change, and sometimes grief can come with that. And so sounds like that there's also this element of surrounding that person with spiritual care. So much so. I mean, that's the thing. And that was the beauty of watching it happen in the church was just that these women were... Um, finding um, a place to release those emotions and finding people who felt the exact same way. Mm -hmm. And that made them feel validated in whatever it was that they were feeling. And they may not have been able to even name what they were feeling. They just, you know, 
I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I, when I'm feeling something, I can't name it most of the time. Right. I just know that there's an empty something there that needs to get fixed in some way or I'm going to end up totally breaking down. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where most of these women were at this point of just breaking down because they felt like they were failing everybody, including themselves. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to feel that way. They didn't want to feel that way. And it was a beautiful thing to see their support of one another. Yeah. And finding that community for them. Right, right. And so when you engage these with these women, what is like the, the things that you would often help them with, you know, to kind of move forward with like, let's say you, there's a person out here right now listening into this and feeling those feelings that you're talking about. How do you help them through that process of like where to, where to begin? Where do you start um, to, to begin on like the healing journey? I think the hardest part is just finding, knowing where to search for that and knowing where to start. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think humans have a tendency to not trust each other with that vulnerability. And I think getting past those trust issues to be able to, you know, reveal your true self to others is where um, you have to learn how to start is how to be vulnerable enough to ask for help. Mm. And like we are bad at that and mm -hmm. we are bad at that as women like we are horrible at asking for help because for us asking for help means we are not getting it done ourselves mm -hmm. which means that we're weak and nobody wants to be perceived that way so asking for help leading people through that process I think the first step is finding a safe space mm. where you can be that true self and where you can be vulnerable and where you can trust the people that are with you, mm -hmm. which I think is what's been so awesome about my congregation, is that they saw that need and were open and welcoming enough to be that safe space for people. Right. And we're pretty vocal about it. They did everything. They ripped a cross off of the wall mm -hmm. so that these women wouldn't feel, you know, that they would feel so welcome and mm -hmm. they wouldn't feel like religion was being imposed on them in any way, but that they could feel like this was a safe space for them to just be who they were and be vulnerable. And I think to me, that's the first step is knowing that we are not super women. I mean, we are not perfect. Mm -hmm. We all are failing in a lot of ways and that's okay. Yeah. I think the important thing is finding those people that are your people. Right that connect with you and understand, you know, what you're going through mm -hmm. and are willing to freaking laugh with you for crying out loud, you know, right? right, right. I mean, being vulnerable. Or have it. a drink with you. <laughs> Let's not go there, Jose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I like that whole concept of safe space, you know, because um, to me, a lot of these uh, startup groups, you know, they have these co-working, uh, they like all gather together and, and rent a building and do these co-working spaces. And it sounds like that's what Symbio was, uh, and what South Summit Christian Church was doing is creating this co-working space along with the flex play um, to create that safe space. And so when, when a person's trying to find that safe space or create that safe space, uh, you, sa you said one of the major things is being welcoming. Uh, what, what other elements 
does a safe space need to have? Oh gosh, that's a really tough question, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, I don't think I wrote notes down about that one. <laughs> um, a safe space, I guess a space, um, I mean, of course, welcoming would be one, but I think um, it really can happen anywhere if the people you're with are people that you trust. Mm. So how do you foster folks that are, um, or how do you engage with folks in a way that um, creates this a space of trust? Like, is it, it's not really about physical space, is it? I mean, what we really want to provide is support for these women, and that can happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say being non-judgmental as people, I mean, you know, understanding that spirituality and wellness can happen in any circle of faith. You don't have to be Christian and you don't have to be, you don't even have to have faith at all to be spiritual in my opinion. Right. If it provides meaning for you, it's, you know, whether you're atheist or agnostic or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So being non-judgmental, I think is huge um knowing that i don't care where you come from and i don't care what you know background that you have i think that is number one that's awesome yeah i i totally agree with that um and the reason why i want to bring up this occupational wellness is because a lot of times people find their identity and what they do you know and you know there's a lot of times where you know, I'm, I identify as a chaplain. I get a lot of my meaning as a person from being a chaplain. I've had some friends say, oh, that's kind of dangerous, Jose. What if you're not a chaplain anymore? And I was like, well, I, no. that doesn't compute with me. Why you, wouldn't you not be a chaplain <laughs> right. if that's what you want to do, right? Right, right. And so I, I say these same things for other professions, uh, you know, especially people, you know, there's this whole movement of I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an innovator, you know, putting these labels on themselves and and I'm for supporting that, you know, if a person wants to be uh, a massage therapist, if a person wants to be a marketing director or a person wants to be uh, a, a creative director or a photo stylist or a photographer, any of those things, you know, to help them uh, foster this identity of who they are because they find meaning and purpose in what they do. So, you know, I'm so f- for safe spaces and creating this 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 thing. Um, and what I try to help people to do is connect that spiritual element for them, you know, and just letting them know, you know, you don't have to like those religions that we were talking about, what you find meaning in doing, you're expressing your spiritual self. And so, um, I'm wondering, like whenever you're working with these women, how, how, how does that conversation look? Or, um, does it, does it come up with, how do you help them find their spiritual self? Um, <clears throat> so I, I've probably failed a lot in that respect just mm. because I'm not physically there all the time. Mm. So I don't have the time to. Because you're you're also working other jobs. You're also doing mother stuff. Yeah. So talk yeah. about you know vocational and occupational health. That would be um, somewhere that I struggle all the time. Uh-huh. So I mean I would love to be there and more present with them. Right. I think. You know, just in a lot of ways, there's a barrier in being a church in and of itself. 
And I think breaking down those barriers has really helped in them connecting that meaning, mm. that it's not about this being a church, it's about us um, finding this passion that we've been doing. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, for many of the women in my conversations with them, there is such a struggle of being a mom and doing another job at the same time. Mm -hmm. Because you find meaning, so much meaning in being a mom, but you also find so much meaning in this work that you do, right? So how do you connect that and those three things together to where one of them doesn't feel like it's not, that it's meaningless mm -hmm. anymore, right? right? So that's part of the work that you have to constantly do is trying to figure out, okay, what's gonna help this person feel like the best mom that she can be at the same time as, you know, fulfilling this passion that she feels so called to do, right. right? So how do you find meaning in all three of those things without one of them failing? And then sometimes that just stresses you the heck on out, right? Mm -hmm. Because then you're like, well, I'm not finding meaning here, so should I be doing it? Mm -hmm. Well, it doesn't mean that. Just because at that moment and season in your life you don't find meaning in it, it doesn't mean that it won't come back later. Right. You know, there's all this ebb and flow in me. I don't know if that's really no, no, is yeah. It. It's yeah. just that that balance is a super hard balance. It's a hard. I remember being a pastor in Texas, and I ended up taking a break from ministry because I had my daughter was like two and a half, three years old, right, and she was playing in the bathtub, and she, you know, kids speak through their toys, right? So she was playing with their little My Little Pony, and there was a big pony and a little pony, mm. right, and um. She was having them talk to each other. One was the mom, one was the kid, and she was asking that she was making the little pony ask the big pony, you know, can we go play, mom? And she made the mom answer by saying, I can't, I have to go to a meeting. Oh my God. Right, right, <laughs> right to the heart, right? Oh. I was like, in that moment, because I was in the, the bathroom probably cleaning, and I just heard this happening behind me and uh -huh. I turned around and look and the ponies are facing each other and I thought holy crap my kid thinks all I ever do is go to meetings and not only that she thinks that I'm giving up on playing with her to go to a meeting mm -hmm. and is that who I want to be mm -hmm. and can I go to work at church and feel purpose and meaning in that knowing my child is at home missing her mom mm -hmm. Like, how do you balance that? Mm -hmm. I mean, I ended up taking a break altogether because basically because of that conversation, because that's not how I wanted her to see me. Right. And also I was being worked to death at that church, but <laughs> that's aside the point. <laughs> anyway, but she, I mean, that I think is what we face every single day. Mm -hmm. As dads, I'm sure you know some of that, and right. also as moms, like you wanna be present and you wanna find meaning in all of it. Yeah, well, and I, I don't wanna give a pass on dudes, but to me, women have a lot harder, culturally speaking, from our American culture. And if you add a minority group to it, I mean, just put more pressure on a woman to live up to these expectations, to me, seem unattainable, but many women I see are attaining those things, but in a different way, you know, and, um, and add on to that being a single mom. Yeah, yeah. And add on to that, like, 
no father present at all mm -hmm. and add on to that living in poverty right. and add on to that like you're just trying to make a home for you and your child right and find meaning in your work when mm -hmm. you're just trying to make money so that you can survive right right yeah and i think this it's a lot it's a lot and this conversation is very important especially for those folks who are in those positions you know that we're talking about um and so like me as a pastor me as a chaplain i want to help people mm -hmm. in those situations and and i tell people i don't know what i don't know and so but still that's no excuse for me for not trying to be there be present and to help right so if there's a person out there that's listening to this and says well what can i do to help how, how would you how would you answer that person what can I do to help? Yeah, what can I do to help a person that's in this situation that you're talking about? Because you saw the yeah. need, your, your congregation saw the need, and they went and, and are trying to, to do it. Make the space. Just make the space. I, I mean, uh, no, I would say if somebody is really trying to help, I think breaking down that vulnerability barrier, mm -hmm. you know, I think is, I think asking the question. I mean, if you see somebody that's struggling, in that way, just ask the question, do you need help? Mm. Like, what's, <laughs> what can I do for you? Mm -hmm. Like, how can I support you? How can I be there for you? And we never do that for one another, right. unless it's like uh, somebody died. Not that that's, you know, we'll bring you a casserole, but my gosh, in our everyday living, what we're lacking, I think, as communities in general, is this, like, I have a connection to you. Mm. And you're important to me. Mm -hmm. And how can I help you? Mm -hmm. You know, just spotting that need. I mean, I can't, in my journey this past year, it's been a really hard journey, mm -hmm. you know? And it's been so much change and so much flux. And it's like those folks that reached out to me and have said, Jill, what can I do? What can I, how can I be there for you? Or just, hey, let's go get some coffee hey, let me watch your Maddie for a while, right? Mm -hmm. And go do what you need to do. I mean, those things are tiny, but so important. Wow. I think. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Well, Jill, thanks a lot for everything that you've said. <laughs> uh, you know, because uh, we're running out of time already. Are we really? Yeah. I talk so much. No, it's great. I love it. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure people out there loves to hear the stories that, that you have. And so if there's somebody out there that's like wondering, I, I really need to connect with Pastor Jill <coughs> Solens, the Reverend Jill Solens. How, 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 how do they do that? Uh, um, you can always email me, um, RevJill, R-E-V-J-I-L-L, at SouthSummitCC.org. So that's probably the best way to get a hold of mm -hmm. me. Um, our website is www.southsummitcc.org, or you can just find South Summit on Facebook. On Facebook, okay. Yeah, and those are the best ways possible. But I'd love to reach out. You just reach out to me because I would love that. <laughs> I love to meet new people and hear your stories. Yeah, yeah. And she's not lying, people. I'm, I'm telling you <laughs> that much now. Uh, you probably get somebody from Brazil. I had some listeners from Brazil, which is amazing. Did you really? Yeah, it's crazy. I love it. Um, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jill, well, That's thank awesome. you very much for coming. No, and thanks for having me. Yeah. It's fun. So, 
And so uh, wish you well on your journey on, on to what's happening at South Summit Christian Church. And I hope Ugh. you help as many people as possible out there. I hope so too. Thank you. All right. And then I want to say thank you to Sam Billen, who is the one that created the music that you heard in the beginning and at the end of the show. Uh, if you want to get in contact with him, his website is primarycolormusic.com. Also would like to thank the National Benevolence Association. Uh, they are the people uh, that helped start Story Wagon and for us to get this podcast going. And then finally, I want to thank you, you the listener. Like I said, there's many people out there who are listening, uh, not only in this country, but from different countries. And I want to be thankful for you and show you gratitude. And so until the next time, on that note, this is Chaplain Jose Martinez wishing you good spiritual health.